0: Alright, well before we look into God's word together, let us speak with him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many gifts that you have given us. There have been so many presents from you over the years. Lord, we thank you for the present of your word, that you actually speak through the pages of the Bibles that we have in front of us. Lord, it is incredible to think that the God who made everything who created us, speaks to us, even when we have rebelled against you in so many ways with our different sins, our thoughts, our words, our deeds, that you still speak to us. Lord, we pray that we may be attentive to what your word has to say about your son, Jesus Christ, this Christmas morning, and we pray that we may be edified and helped and built up in the faith. We pray that if anyone here this morning has not trusted in Jesus, we pray that they may do so this morning. And we pray this in Jesus name amen well have you ever had to call someone out of somewhere I'm sure you've called many people at different points in your life and uh, for me of uh, the morning now I'm starting to Call my son Joshua, who's three years old, out of his room. He's been trained from a very young age that he's supposed to stay in his room until I come and get him, until it's appropriate time for him to get up. Because otherwise, 5:30 would be rising time and uh, and making a noise in the house. So we've trained him to stay in his room. Until I go in and get him, but now I'm trying to get him to have the habit of actually opening the door and coming out, and uh, and learning to dress himself, and so that we don't have to do those things for him. It's a funny situation with his room because his room is it's a good place. It's a place of security and uh, and pleasurable things like toys. I mean, most of his toys are contained in his room, and it's where his bed is, and he loves his bed. But then it's also a bad place because when he does something wrong and we say, well, if you aren't going to do this, do you want to go to your room for some time out? He doesn't like to go to his room. It's one of these tense uh, things that's held in tension of, is my room a good place or is my room a bad place? Sometimes I'm punished there. Sometimes I experience great pleasure there. And so at different points, we call him out of his room. If he's in there playing and dinner time is there uh, coming, we say, come out of your pleasurable place. But then at other times, like of a morning or if he's been in time out, we call him out because he is then released from his room and he wants to be out and amongst uh, the people who are in the house. And that is similar to what Egypt represents for the Israelites. Uh, We're going to be looking at uh, what Egypt is uh, for the Israelites and for Jesus this morning because it comes up in this account, after Jesus' birth, that Jesus ends up going down to Egypt. And Egypt is associated with good things, with security, security from famine, security from opposing forces that may be attacking. It's a place to get away to, just like uh, getting away to Joshua's room is a place of good security, But then it's also a bad place. It's a place that is associated with slavery and pain for the Israelites as well. And so last Christmas we saw, if you can remember back, if you were here, that these uh, that Joseph and Mary went down to Egypt with Jesus. We see that in verse thirteen and fifteen that an angel warns them to go there. Last Christmas we looked at that. So in verse thirteen of Matthew chapter two, if you've got a Black Church Bible, that's on page nine hundred and fifty-six, and I encourage you to have that open as we look at this passage together. Nine hundred and fifty-six of the Black Church Bibles, verse thirteen. We read when they had gone. uh, Mary, Joseph and Jesus stayed there in Egypt until the death of Herod. And then we see them return in verses 19 through to verse 21 of the same passage, uh, uh, chapter 2. We read in 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother, go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he, that's Joseph, got up. Took the child, that's Jesus, and his mother, that's Mary, and went to the land of Israel. Now, what is this all about? Why is this significant? Why does Matthew bother reporting that Jesus went to Egypt? What is the significance of this passage? Well, Matthew tries to tell us about, a little bit about why this passage is so significant back in verse 15. And that's the verse I want to concentrate on this morning as we consider Jesus and his birth and his early life. Verse 15. Tells us why this is so important that it should be recorded for us to read 2,000 years after the fact that Jesus went to Egypt. What does it say in verse 15? It says, And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Out of Egypt I called my son. This is an old prophecy by our prophet who is Hosea. And we actually read this prophecy. Uh, Leslie read it for us just uh, earlier from Hosea chapter 11. And we see there that that prophecy is fulfilled in Jesus. Matthew's making this connection that what the prophet Hosea said many years earlier, out of Egypt I called my son, is actually fulfilled in Jesus. And so firstly this morning I want to look at who Hosea is and what this prophecy was all about. What was Hosea talking about when he said, out of Egypt I called my son? Because really, if we go back to the original context of that passage, it's not talking about Jesus first and foremost. When the Israelites heard that prophecy, out of Egypt I've called my son, they thought about something else. And that's my first main point this morning. If you open up the bulletin there, you can see my four main points and you can follow along as we work through uh, this prophecy together. My first main point this morning is, out of Egypt, God called his son Israel. God called his son Israel. That's what Hosea was talking about when he said, out of Egypt I have called my son. Originally, he was talking about the fact that the Israelites, who are considered the sons of God, were called out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. The Israelites didn't always live in Israel. They were in Egypt for quite some time. How did they get there? Well, it all started with Adam and Eve. That's how the the first, uh, the first uh, ancestors of Israel began, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They, of course, sinned, and they were kicked out of the Garden. And then, basically, from the descendants of Adam and Eve, you end up with a guy called Abraham. He's very important in Israelite history, and then he has a son called Isaac... And then Isaac has a son called Jacob, and Jacob's name, other name is also Israel. Israel then has 12 sons, and from them come the 12 tribes of Israel. And then they actually experience a famine. They're living in the land, but they experience a famine, and so they go down to Egypt for food. And it turns out one of those sons is a big shot in Egypt, so they're provided for quite nicely there, and they prosper in Egypt. And they become quite numerous to the point that Pharaoh says these Israelites are too numerous for us. If they turn against us, we're going to be up the creek and it's going to be really, really bad. So what we need to do with these Israelites is start enslaving them, start punishing them, making them build stuff for us, induce them into hard labour. And what we should also do is stop them reproducing. And how do you do that? Well, you take out one... Uh, one gender from a group and you will eventually remove the, uh, the possibility of them reproducing. And so he says, all baby boys are to be thrown into the Nile. All baby boys are to be killed. And so Israel in Egypt, it's not a pleasant place for them at that time. It's a horrible place. They're being enslaved and their children are being murdered by the Egyptians. It's not a pleasant place at all. It's a place of great persecution of the Israelites. But then what does God do? Does God leave the Israelites there in Egypt? No. Out of Egypt I called my son. Out of Egypt I called my son Israel. How does he do that? How does he get them out of Egypt? He sends Moses. Moses comes, he hears at the burning bush that he's meant to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And he goes and he does these great miracles because Pharaoh won't let uh, God's people go because they're obviously a great source of free labor. And so he won't let them go, but eventually the 12th plague comes, the 10th plague comes, and what happens? The firstborn sons die throughout Egypt. So there's a death of a king there even, the death of Pharaoh's son. And so God uses that plague... To bring the Israelites out of Egypt, I have called my son, God can say, because he used Moses and those plagues to draw the Israelites out. And those Israelites, they don't just stay in the desert there, just outside of Egypt. No, they pass through a Red Sea. The Red Sea divides with Moses, and they get to go through the water safely. And then they travel through the desert and finally make it to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, which is where Hosea is when he prophesies. And says, out of Egypt, I called my son. When he speaks on God's behalf, saying, out of Egypt, I've called my son. And that's what Hosea is talking about in Hosea 11, if you go back to that passage. He's talking about the fact that the Israelites were redeemed from Egypt. Out of out of Egypt, I have called my son. So then what's Matthew on about here when he says in verse 15, quite clearly, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. Does Matthew not know that the history of the Israelites? Does he not know that they were in Egypt, they were enslaved, and Moses drew them out of Egypt? And God said, out of Egypt, I've called my son, meaning the Israelites, out of physical land of Egypt? Does Matthew have no clue here? Well, no. Matthew's a good Jew. He knows the history. He knows Israelite history. He would have been taught it from a very young age. You don't go, you don't grow up as a Jew in the land of Israel and not know about Moses and what he did. So what is Matthew on about here by saying then what was, and so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son in reference to Jesus. Why is he saying that Hosea is talking about Jesus? Well that brings me to my second main point this morning. Out of Egypt God called his son Jesus. Out of Egypt, God called his son Jesus. When we read prophecies in the Old Testament, it's common that most prophecies have a double meaning. They have one meaning that can be taken, and then they also have a meaning that often points to Jesus Christ. It's like there's a shadow in the Old Testament of something happening, which is really... Pointing to Jesus Christ. And that can be different prophecies or it can be even things that the Israelites used to do. Like sacrifices, they sacrificed animals. Did those animals take away the sin of Israelites? No, those animals were pointing when you cut a goat's throat. It was pointing to the fact that Jesus had to die. And the temple itself where people worship God, it points to the temple which is Jesus' body. All through the Old Testament, there's all these ideas there that are pointing to Jesus. And so, yes, when Hosea says, out of Egypt, I've called my son, he is talking about Israel actually coming out of Egypt. But there's also a deeper meaning, which is fulfilled in Jesus. And so Matthew is right here to say, out of Egypt, I called my son. Jesus went through a similar experience to the Israelites. We see that again and again in his life. So many things that happened to the Israelites in the Old Testament happened to Jesus. Just like the Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden by Satan, Jesus was also tempted. But was without sin, whereas Adam and Eve did sin. Jesus goes through a number of things that show that he is like the Israelites. He experiences things like the Israelites, and that includes going down to Egypt. Why did the Israelites originally go down to Egypt? It was because there was a famine in the land. There was persecution. There was hardship. There was a possible death. So the Israelites left to Egypt. Why is Jesus going from the land of Israel? Because of possible death. Herod is out for him. Herod is king. He doesn't want anyone else to be king. Herod, as we've seen before in previous Christmas messages, he is a nasty piece of work. Um, He killed even his own sons. To try and secure his throne. And so it's not surprising that if he thinks that, if someone says that there's another king on the rising, that he's out to get his life. And we see Herod kills all the people, all the boys who are under two years of age. He's going around killing boys, just like Pharaoh, king of Egypt, was killing boys to protect his throne from an uprising from the Israelites. And so Jesus is in a bad situation in the land of Israel and so he goes down to Egypt for security, just like the Israelites originally went down to Egypt for security. But we've got to remember that being in Egypt, it's not the ideal place because you're away from God's people and you're away from God's land. So it's kind of this secure place, but also it's not the best place. The best place is to be out of the land of Egypt, back in God's promised land, back with the bulk of God's people. Yes, there were other Jews in Egypt, but the bulk of God's people are in the land of Israel. And that is where the temple is, that is where you can worship God, in the place that he has set aside. And so Jesus experiences what the Israelites experienced. He goes down to Egypt and then he comes out of Egypt back once uh, once Herod dies. And so we see with the death of a king, just like the death of the son of Pharaoh ends up with the Israelites coming out of Egypt, with the death of a king, the death of Herod, Jesus is actually able to come back to the land of Israel. And so is fulfilled these words of Hosea. What are the words? Out of Egypt I called my son. They are definitely fulfilled in Jesus because he has been down to Egypt and then called back to the land of Israel, just like those... Israelites, so many years earlier, were called back to the land of Israel. They're allowed to return through the death of a Pharaoh's son. He was, they were allowed to go back, and so it is that with the death of Herod, Jesus is allowed to go back. And so Jesus, he travels and he even experiences a travelling through water uh, when he is baptised, just like the Israelites, and that is said to be sort of like a baptism for them. They go through the Red Sea. Jesus is baptised. He spends time in the desert, like the Israelites spent time in the desert. Forty years they were in the desert. How many days was Jesus in the desert being tempted by Satan? Forty days. Jesus experiences so much of what the Israelites experienced. Uh, we have that shadow there in the Old Testament pointing to Jesus, now, is that it? Have we exhausted the meaning of this text? That out of Egypt I called my son is simply referring to the Israelites coming out of Egypt so long ago and then Jesus coming out of Egypt, uh, physically coming out of that land. Well, I think we can even take it to a deeper level. That out of Egypt I've called my son can actually be taken to another level as well. And that's my third main point this morning. Out of a spiritual Egypt, God called his son Jesus. At Christmas time, we remember Jesus' birth and his childhood, which is what we're looking at now, baby Jesus going down into Egypt and then coming back. But we've got to remember what Jesus did with the rest of his life. Yes, he was tempted in the desert, he was baptised, but what happened at the end of his life? Well, he was crucified. He was persecuted by the, the, the leaders of the Jews and put to the cross. And so at Jesus' death, He is experiencing another form of Egypt altogether. He's experiencing a spiritual Egypt. And John, one of the apostles who wrote the Gospel of John, also wrote a book called Revelation, which um, you may have heard of, and is a very difficult book to try and understand. And he actually writes, in Revelation verse 8, he calls Jerusalem itself Egypt. He says, their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt where also their Lord was crucified. He actually calls Jerusalem, where Jesus was crucified, Egypt. And it wasn't Egypt for Jesus. It was a place of security, Jerusalem, really. It's God's land. But it turned out to be a great place of hostility to Jesus, a great place of punishment and persecution. It was a Egypt for Jesus, definitely. He was put up on a cross and experienced the pain, the physical pain of being crucified, but then also the, the anger, the wrath of God on him because he was taking the punishment that we deserve for our sins. We all deserve God's wrath for our sins. But Jesus, in his mercy, his love for us, goes to the cross and goes to Egypt on the cross for us. We deserve to experience Egypt for eternity. But instead, Jesus goes there where there's no blessings, there's no land, no people there, only suffering, pain, darkness and death. But then we see that it's the death of a king, a king's son, son Jesus, if we say that the father is king and Jesus is king as well, but the father, God the father is king of the world, the death of his son allows what? allows another exodus, another coming out of Egypt. Jesus didn't stay dead. He didn't stay on the cross for eternity in pain. He died, but he didn't stay in the grave. He came out of the grave. He was resurrected. And so out of Egypt, I have called my son, can be said of Jesus that with his resurrection, coming out of the grave. Death is no longer over him. He is out of Egypt, and so Romans 6 uh, written by the Apostle Paul, says, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Death is no longer a master of Jesus. It was while he was dying for our sins. But out of that death, he has been taken. Out of Egypt, I have called my son. And so there's another meaning that we can get here from this passage of out of Egypt I've called my son, out of Jerusalem where I, they persecuted my son, I have called him. And he's with me now at my right hand, the Bible says, reigning on high. Now, how is that helpful for you to know this Christmas? Were you thinking that you'd come here this morning and hear about Egyptian history and Israelite history and, and where Jesus went in his early days? How is this helpful for you? Well, I think we can take this this prophecy to a whole other level and say, out of a spiritual Egypt, God calls sons and daughters. That's my fourth main point this morning. Out of a spiritual Egypt, God calls sons and daughters. Because realistically, we all are in Egypt right now. You might like the idea of going to Egypt. My wife, if there's one planet, uh, place, uh, one nation she wants to visit, it is Egypt. She just wants to see the pyramids. And that may be you. But there is another level where you... Are in Egypt already, in the way that the Bible speaks about Egypt, about it being a place of pain and suffering and sin and persecution. If we're all honest here this morning, we know that this world is not the best place to be. We all know what it is to experience pain. We all know what it is to cry, to suffer and to sin against others and to have people sin against us. It's not a pleasant place. We have this tension like the land of Egypt and like my son's room is for him. It's kind of a pleasant place. There are many blessings being in this world. It's wonderful that we've been created. But then it's also a place of punishment, a place of pain. And we want to be removed from it In uh, at many times in your life. You may not be wanting it right now because it's Christmas Day and you've got lots of presents and you want to enjoy those later this afternoon maybe and have a good meal with your family. So you don't want to really be called out of this world. But at many times this year, I'm sure... There may have been that you really wanted to leave this world, that you would love to be in a better place, in a place that is not like this Egypt that you are in now. And the wonderful thing is that God does call you out of this Egypt. You can leave this world for a better place, and it's through the death of a king's son that you can go. It's through the death of Jesus Christ that you can leave this Place of Egypt and go to a better place, which is heaven itself. You can accept the call of God and go to a better place. And that's what he does. He calls us out of this land of Egypt. 1 Peter 2 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, talking about Christians, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who. Called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God does call people still today. Same word here, call. He called Jesus physically out of Egypt, but he calls you out of the Egypt of this world to go and be with him. And you can accept that call. How? Through repentance and faith in Jesus, you need to repent of your sins, acknowledge you have done wrong, that you deserve God's wrath. But trust then that Jesus died for you, that with the death of a king's son, you have a ticket out of Egypt. You have a way to escape this place of pain and persecution. Now that means that you, if you accept that call, you will still experience things in this world you are hopefully if you are a Christian if you are converted and repent and believe you'll be baptized like the Israelites were baptized by going through the Red Sea after they've been redeemed they were baptized and then and then Jesus was baptized uh, as well you can be baptized but then you go through a desert place what's the desert place well you're still in Egypt here you still experience pain and if you become a Christian you may experience even more persecution Egypt may get even worse for you and many of our brothers and sisters around the world know that, how much harder it is. They go through a desert place. But it does not last. It may last for 40 years. It may last for more than that. The Israelites were in 40 years in the desert. Jesus was 40 days. But eventually you get to go to a heavenly place, to heaven itself. And that's described for us in Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21, we see so much of what uh, heaven is like. Page 1230 of the Church Bibles. Page 1230 of the Church Bibles, flip over, I encourage you to do so because this is where you want to be. You don't want to be in this world for eternity with pain and suffering. You want to be in the new Jerusalem, the heavenly city. Revelation 21, verse 1, the Apostle John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And then verse 4, such a wonderful statement. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And we see through this passage the description of the holy city um, in verse 11, uh, uh, verse 10. And he carried away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. Uh, on the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And it goes on and talks about the streets made of gold and the, the way the, um, the 12 gates, verse 21, the 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold like transparent glass. That is where you want to be. You don't want to be in this land of Egypt. You want it to be said of you, out of Egypt I have called my son. Yes, it can be taken for the people of Israel, that prophecy. Yes, it can be taken for Jesus coming out of Egypt physically. But he also left the Egypt of this world, which is Jerusalem, where he was crucified. And you also can leave that Egypt as well. So the question is this Christmas morning for you. Do you want to stay in Egypt where you are in slavery to sin? You must admit that you are enslaved to sin because have you ever tried to stop sinning? And then you find yourself sinning again and again? No one is sinless. Only sinless person has been Jesus Christ. You are enslaved to sin. You'll make New Year's resolutions in a few days, time maybe. You'll break those New Year's resolutions. You just can't help yourself. You're enslaved to sin. But there is a way out of bondage to sin, to Satan. And that is through God calling you out of this Egypt. Do you want to accept God's call this Christmas morning through repentance and faith? I encourage you to do so. Repent of your sin. Believe that Jesus died for you so that you do not have to pay for your sin. There's no greater present that you can receive this Christmas morning than a ticket out of Egypt. I have not thought that you are going to come here and be told that you're in Egypt. Uh, You think you're quite firmly in Australia. You're in Egypt. But there is a ticket. You can leave Egypt this morning. You can be on your way. It may be a bit of a journey before that, but you can be on your way. You can start your way to a heavenly home. Joshua is always delighted when he gets to be called out of his room, that place of punishment that he's there. Are you delighted this morning? Because you know this is not your home. Your citizenship is in a heavenly place. You have been, God has said about it you, out of Egypt I called my son. Has he adopted you? Are you his daughter? Are you his son? And out of Egypt he has called you to belong to him. Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we learn about the life of Jesus. We thank you for the way that we see how he fulfills the prophecies of the Old Testament and he fulfills so many ideas that are contained there that are a shadow of him and point to him. Lord, we thank you that in Christ we experience so much of what he experienced and experiences even now. We experience a peace with you, a joy in you. We experience being called out of spiritual bondage to sin and going from Egypt to rest with you. Lord, we pray that everybody in this room It may be said of them, if not today, but one day soon, out of Egypt, I've called my son. It is so precious a truth that we can be adopted into your family, that you actually call us your children. Lord, we pray that everybody in this room has repented of their sin, acknowledged that this world is not the place it should be, and so has turned to you in faith, trusting that Jesus Christ died for them.